Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. This morning, I think it's probably, without doubt, the most unusual podcast we've done. I'm in Southern California, uh, and I'm in a team car. We're, we're in Acura RDXs. We're with the Rally Cycling Team, and we're cruising along the ocean on a beautiful... Um, it's hard to believe it's January, <laughs> January morning, and, and the driver of the vehicle is a former pro. He's a director, sportif, a sport director for the rally team. It's Andrew Bagadali. Bagadali, help me with that. Bagadali. Bagadali, I should have gotten that. Uh, and we're on the first day of this uh, camp, and uh, we're in front of us are some of the women's team, some of the men's team, and rally cycling is a successful team in North America, and the season's just getting underway. And a matter of fact, we're on the first training ride uh with the with the guys and gals so andy welcome to our podcast and um how's it going I, life's pretty good right now it's isn't it? beautiful yeah it's an incredible day out you know the wind kind of was blowing when we started but now it's it seems to have died out so we're in for a great day so. i think to uh let the public know sometimes you might have seen a bicycle race go by and you see you know 150 guys or maybe in a small in a women's race 50 or 75 women but the teams combined today and one of the really important things about a team being in a bicycle race is that the teams all have support vehicles and it's kind of a race if you will inside of a race it's a a caravan of vehicles uh, whether it's um, supporting the riders or medical vehicles or neutral support vehicles there's all kinds so when a race goes through a city it's not only the cyclists but there's all these different vehicles and the rally team for years now has had a relationship with Acura. So the team, as I understand, has five uh, 2019 Acura RDX uh, SUVs, and they have the team signage and the team colors, which is black and orange. Is I can I think it's orange. Yeah. Red orange. Bright orange. Bright orange. And so, uh, Andy, as a, as a director, you've been in races, you've been in the caravan, helping the cyclist. Give us an overview, if you can, um, however you want to say it, of what, what a team vehicle does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just like you explained, really, that the team vehicle is there to to support the riders. It's, uh, you know, it has a, the mechanic in the back during the race. Uh, if there's any mishaps or if there's a pilot during the race, we have uh, full mechanical support, wheels, uh, you know, the mechanic can do his job in the back. I can also support the riders. Uh, by feeding them, uh, communication for tactics and, and whatnot goes goes on through the vehicle as well. So, you know, it's kind of like a rolling command center behind Perfect. behind the race. Thank so you. That's that's what the to give a little visual. We're probably what less than ten yards behind uh, a group of what ten riders, and yep. in, and in front of the group is uh, somebody shooting some video, and we're all along the Pacific Coast Highway and. I think we're probably going about 21, 22 miles an hour cruising along, and the team's going to do maybe a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour ride today. Uh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful day. So uh, here we are in this vehicle, and uh, this is your, I'm sure you've had a couple of days in this car maybe, and what, is, what, is, what are some of the things you see about um, this Acura that you like, and, and what is a good, what makes a good team vehicle? Well, I, you know, I think we're very fortunate to have uh, Acura as a sponsor, first and foremost. I mean, these these are a pleasure to drive. And, you know, the I think the thing that sets it apart, it you know, we, we have the luxury of having a midsize 
smaller SUV, so yes. we're a little higher up. Our visibility's a little, a little better than your average car. So that that makes a huge difference uh, for us. Um, the comfort in in this vehicle, it's like a it's a luxury vehicle. So it you is get a in it. Vehicle. There's there's a lot going on technology wise, but uh, if you need to uh, accelerate, the the power is there, uh, especially when you have different different modes you can put the vehicle in. So I really appreciate that driving the vehicle. Uh, you're really tied to the steering wheel mm -hmm. and the performance is there. So um, it kind of makes a difference when you're maneuvering in tight city streets or if you have to go up and service a rider uh, really quickly. So you got a rider coming Sure, here. sure. Hey, you got any food in there? Uh, yeah, what would you like? <laughs> He's in a rush this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't grab anything. I have no idea. Is little Sammy's here? What is that? A little sandwich? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's Ty Magner there. Ty? Okay. Yeah, just we're in this podcast, and we're, um, one of the riders came back to the vehicle, and and he gave him a sandwich. He said he didn't have a chance to have anything for breakfast, and so we had him, they have a container in the back with some liquids and sandwiches and who knows what else. And uh, we were lucky enough that the director of the women's team uh, got a cup of coffee for us. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was Joanne, really nice. Joanne hooked us up with some, yeah, some coffee. Americanos. Yeah, great. so it was great. Um, now in a race, if we can transition a little bit from being in a, in a tr opening day of a training camp where things are really low-key and casual and nice it's important it's an important training ride and everything but in a race can you uh if you can think of one can you give an example of how you have to maneuver uh when there's 20 teams let's say i'm not even sure if that's accurate but let's just say 20 teams there's going to be 20 or maybe 40 team cars right you got two per team sure what's that like when you have to kind of maneuver and get um, certain positions and you've got to ask for permission to do things you can't be too close you can't be too far back right give us an example of how that might work in uh in a race well i you know i think um the most important thing is to remain calm yeah. at all <laughs> yeah. times you know as soon as you lose your cool and start stressing i mean this is a high stress environment sometimes yes. Yes. in those situations but uh to keep a clear head and and understand uh, not to be erratic in the car because a quick movement isn't always anticipated by the other other drivers or riders around you. So keeping smooth lines, just like bicycle racing, right? So you don't yes. want to do anything radical. So those are really important factors in, in doing the job in the car, uh, especially when there's riders all around. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's little bumps and mishaps, but for the most part, everyone that is doing the job in the car is uh, is raced at a decent level and mm -hmm. they understand uh, the repercussions of yes of uh, car versus bike or you know what can happen in the caravan so uh, being really careful um, is key and understanding all that so yeah this is cyclist is coming up Krista. 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 hello hey, Joanne's back there Yeah, I think also, I'm sure people know this, but in a, in a race, there's the, um, what they call COM1, COM2, COM3, whatever it might be. Sometimes it might be four, I don't know. Yeah. Which is the, the lead commissaire would, dictates how the, the group can go along. And, and uh, sometimes you, they you know, might need permission. Can I go get so-and-so or can, whatever the situation might be. And sometimes there's 
uh, a team might get reprimanded too <laughs> for screwing up somehow. But sure, it's it's always amazing to me, um, having been around in the sport for so many years, that that it goes as smoothly as it does sometimes. I mean, people do know what they're doing, and yes. some people to a higher degree. But how long? What what some of the races have you been in as a in, in the in the group um, overseas? Have you done it and domestic racing? What what are some of the examples? Yeah. Of, you know, I started out uh, with Jonas a couple years ago doing yes, small, Jonas Carney. Uh-huh. small projects and uh, went to the Tour of the Gila for the first time. And I had done, done the event um, a bunch and uh, as a writer. Mm-hmm. And um, hold on, Sure. We're going to take a little hiatus here because some of the riders may have gone followed a team vehicle the wrong way or maybe they're going well, the right way. Well, they're filming up there. So. Oh, they're filming. I yeah, see. So okay, that's fine. I think the, the film crew wants to do something special with those guys right okay. now. Okay, so. all right. So we're going to just come up here. We made a little bit of a U-turn and yep. we're going to follow the rest of the folks, I guess, for a bit. Again, we're on the Pacific Coast Highway. We're in the opening day of the Rally Cycling Team training camp and it's in Oxnard. We started in Oxnard this morning and uh, uh, the team's... Um, some of the team is preparing to go to Europe, so we have, I think, maybe six or seven women cyclists, six or seven guy cyclists down here, and it's uh, it's just pretty neat to see how the team starts its season, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back back sure. back to uh, back to how it started. So, yeah, you you have to kind of get your feet wet somehow. So, mm-hmm. uh, getting into domestic racing and, and sitting shotgun mm-hmm. next to the next to the director and, and understanding the flow of the race. Hey, Baj, it was a lot of great content. When they get off the highway, it's like just a few miles of them riding together. Do you recall the first time you, um, not as a cyclist, but as a as a uh, staff member, helping the guys through, helping the women through? What was what was that first time like? Uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, it was interesting just just learning uh, from Jonas. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a rider, you understand the flow of the race and what happens in the caravan but you yes. you don't really understand the uh the stresses and and what to do at certain times and whatnot so you, you're learning that you're learning the flow of the race uh, how to talk to the riders uh tactically you have to get back up to speed uh even though you've you've raced sure. for half half your life but calling shots and when to do things and you know, knowing when to let the riders make their own decisions mm-hmm. uh, is really important as well. You mm-hmm. don't really want to be uh, too overbearing on them, sure, uh, because then it just becomes a, a one-way street. They need to race their bikes; and they understand that. So, um, learning all those those things is is really key. Um, but then, you know, starting domestically and then going on to little bigger events. Uh, yes. So went over to uh the first project overseas was uh the dubai tour oh uh, my gosh that must have been something that was amazing and you know just seeing a, a race on that level with that that kind of backing yes. uh was very impressive i bet you know uh it's put on by the rcs uh, which puts on the giro d'italia mm-hmm. and um really great accommodations all the big tour sprinters were there and um it's just a great experience so you learn a lot and that was also my, my first day driving solo uh, in car two. Yes. Uh, usually the you know the least experienced director is in the in the breakaway car or car two. Right. Uh, so basically, you're just working your way up and understanding things, and you know you're always learning. You know, and I think if 
few years into, into being a director, you, you find your groove and you find your, you know, how your, your way of doing things is working out. So, did um, you drive Acura's there or did you have a sponsor overseas that helped or was it, did you rent cars? What did you do over there? Yeah. So at those, those types of races, they're so well supported that they're, they're backed by, uh, the, uh, sponsor of the race that just yes. happened to be uh, Audi Audi of Dubai so it was pretty 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 amazing that they provided brand new Audi for say. every single team so it, yes. you know it's that kind of level of of support was was kind of neat but um yeah and and then it, you know you just uh you kind of have to just get in there and get your hands dirty sure. you know, and do it so it's once you're in it it's it's a lot easier than wrap your head around it so it's um, it kind of just flows and you go from there so as a side note i read a couple of years ago now that the uh dubai police force has bugattis did you happen to notice any of the, those cops yeah i can imagine a cop driving a bugatti it's it really is <laughs> is really amazing yeah there's bugattis there's um, a couple ferraris oh, they have gosh. a whole fleet of these exotic cars yes. that they they drive around you know and, uh-huh. and I think their average, their average uh, police car is like a high-end Range Rover. Sure, so it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. That's you know? good. that's good. So uh, since you've been involved a few years now, just to reiterate, you're you uh, former pro. You did you, how long were you in, as a pro? And you, I know you had some pretty good accomplishments in your career. So fill yeah. us in a little bit on that. You're almost fifty, you said. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just shy of fifty, uh, a few more years to go on that one. But, good, good, good. Yeah, like yeah. I said, you look young. So oh, thank good, you. Good yeah, for you. Appreciate that. Uh, try to stay fit and healthy and, and whatnot. But yeah, you know, I started uh, started in the sport late. Uh, I grew up in in your hometown, uh, Sacramento. Yeah. And I wasn't really an endurance athlete in high school per se, but I found it just after I graduated high school. Kind of found fell, fell into mountain biking through some uh-huh. mutual friends and. Um, just immediately took to it, you know, just, just love the outdoors and, sure. and, and just pushing myself really hard. So, um, just got into it that way. And then, uh, my sister had moved out to Boulder, uh, Colorado mm-hmm. for school and I had been wanting to explore different places. So I kind of like, uh, rung her up and was like, Hey Jen, you know, can, <laughs> I, can I go out to Boulder and hang out with you for a little bit? So sure. I spent the summer out there with her and took my mountain bike, did a little mountain biking, and then um, about six months later, I, I ended up in Boulder and, you know, just trying to fulfill this dream of becoming a professional mountain bike racer mm-hmm. in the heyday of the sport is yes. like the early, early to mid-90s, yes. and um, it was tough kind of making inroads, you know, starting from scratch, not really having that background, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, I kind of made it happen on the semi-pro level in mountain biking, and um, the the bottom seemed to drop out of the sport after the 96 Olympics. Not completely, yeah. but sponsorships started dwindling and um, and uh, you know, the I had a little sponsor with some stipends and it, mm-hmm. it just kind of dried up and I found myself uh, leaning more towards the road. So you uh, found your way under the road scene? Yeah, I found my way in the road scene, um, you know, just kind of haphazardly because I I always enjoyed training mm-hmm. uh, on my road bike, and I, I kind of figured that I was a little bit stronger on the road side of things. I could just seem to put a little more power out on the road bike, and uh-huh. I was more uh, naturally inclined to 
to ride and race the road. So I started dabbling in road racing a little bit and kind of just took off from there. And, um, you know, you're, when you start now from scratch again, it's, it's a similar sport, but then you need to learn tactics sure. and, and training techniques and whatnot. So again, it took several years to break through and go up through all the categories, cat one. Sure. Yeah. So I made a pack with some friends and, um, we, uh, we all decided to take whatever means we had and move to Belgium. Oh, and, fantastic! Yeah, there's a there's this uh, there's this infamous guy, uh, Staff Boone. I, I don't know if you've ever heard the name. Anyways, he's he's like a, a slumlord, and he runs a uh, in Ghent, Belgium. He runs mm-hmm. a he runs an amateur cycling team. I don't even know if he's still alive. Home of Tyler Farrar, right in Ghent. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, we, uh, we all moved to Ghent and lived in really, really bad accommodations for a summer and, you know, mm-hmm. went, in, went all in into learning um, the ins and outs of, of real road racing. Gotcha. You know, in Belgium. In Belgium, doing, of course. Yeah, <laughs> doing, doing tons of kermesses. You know, you can yeah. race five days a week there. So mm-hmm. um, living with all kinds of international guys and, mm-hmm. and learning different terms and, you know, mm-hmm. passwords and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a great experience. I learned a ton, yes. and I kind of came back with a different level of strength, and um, just took off from there. Got on another local team, and just made my way up the ranks. And um, you had some good palmars. Um, you had some good palmars through the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it worked out. Worked out well, man. I. Okay. Yeah, I'll wait for them. If you want to go up the groups. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Got on a couple of amateur teams and just went all in. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a point as an athlete you need to decide, hey, is this really, really what I want to do? Especially at my age, I wasn't young. I wasn't right. like a, you know, 19-year-old. I was yes. probably, you know, 24, 25, 26, you know, just mm-hmm. really, really trying to make it, make it the right way, you know, doing it my way, clean, you know, hundred mm-hmm. percent in though. So I made that decision. Yes. Came myself, found a couple really bad part-time jobs that would support <laughs> myself, yeah. and I, you know, I just, I made it happen. I just really got in there and, and did all did all the work necessary, and um, I had a couple really amazing breakthrough years. And great. I think my last last year amateur, I was a top amateur in the country, okay. and as as good as as any pro. Really, mm-hmm. I just didn't have really a contract. You know, mm-hmm. so I was going race to race being super competitive with all the big teams you know just a privateer privateer <laughs> solo no teammates Love just it. going going to the big state races uh-huh. and getting top tens on gc you know just That's great so got noticed on um a local team uh the bay area called a photo uh, lombardi sports I don't oh know yeah if you remember those yeah, guys i do i do john gerso's team yeah, so yeah yeah i'm there for a couple years and um just worked my way up yeah so went from there to um Jelly Belly, one of my best sure. friends was racing at the time. Alex Candelari was on mm-hmm. Jelly Belly. You so bet. went there. And then I ended up um, riding for Charles Aaron and Jonas for uh, gotcha. for five years really, gotcha. uh, on this team. And that's where I ended it all. And that's what was your last year? Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. So amazing experiences, you know, the travel and the camaraderie with, with – uh, with everyone involved, it's just uh, it's been it's been amazing, and now I'm back back in the fold, behind the, behind the car. So great, it's great. 
So we, we've taken a little break here. We're waiting for the, the group uh, split up a little bit. So we're on. Yeah, is that it? Okay. We're on a little underpass. And uh, again, we're in Southern California on the opening day of the Rally Cycling Team training camp. A little background, the, the team's been around for quite a while. Its head director is Jonas Carney. He's a very well-known pro over the years. And the team has done quite well in domestic racing and it's been had some success overseas as well. And um, this year, uh, one of the downsides of the sport is sometimes racing races come and go, and the Tour of California will not be held in May, which was a focal point of the the team for many years. And and uh, with a, one of the former riders on the team, they had quite a bit of success. Evan Huffman won a couple of stages two years ago, I think. And there's other been other riders who have run, won stages. The women's team has had riders who have won stages. So one of the things this year is the team has to uh, go to another race. Team, uh, the tour of Yorkshire, Yorkshire you were mentioning is it going to be in May and uh, the team is just starting to plan where it's going to go and what it's going to do. So what do you see as an outlook uh, for the rally cycling team this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting the ground running and uh, we're doing a split split training schedule, mm-hmm. I think, for the first time. You know, we're, we're here in Oxnard, in beautiful conditions, but then yeah. the the other half of the team is going to Spain to train. And then, um, you know, half the team is going to Argentina for the for the first race. Yes. Uh, and then the other half will be in the Middle East at the new uh, Saudi tour. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we're, we're going on all fronts all over the world. Um, Saudi tour, those guys will go to uh, the tour of Oman mm-hmm. right after that. And then um, there's a few one-day races in in France um, in uh, at the end of February that, that will hit. And then we'll kind of hit the reset button in March mm-hmm. uh, and then hit the ground running again in, in April uh, for, for that spring campaign. In the, in the domestic world, uh, I don't know what the plans are, but is Redlands still prominent uh, in the schedule, or are you guys kind of beyond Redlands? And then there's um, Tour of the Gila, maybe not, not Sea Otter anymore, but, but are there some decent races that are still on the on the u.s scene for the riders to do there's nationals and later in the summer but yep other there's some other races that are that are decent still yeah you know those are all amazing races and redlands has a a real history so does tour of the gila Mm -hmm. um and they're always iconic uh domestic races but Mm -hmm. at the level we're operating at Mm -hmm. we just uh the stimulus needed for training Mm -hmm. you know is they're just not ideal anymore so gotcha. we're focusing on other avenues to mm-hmm. get the guys prepped for the big races uh, for the season. That's that's one of the main reasons that we're doing different training and taking the guys to early season stuff all over the world. Yes, uh, it makes makes a big difference when it comes to the hard races. You know, instead of doing you know 130, 140 kilometer races, you're doing 160, 180, right. and it's a it's a massive difference in the level of the guys. So yes. Now we have to say rally. Uh, tell us about where we're with these. Uh, again, back to Acura. Where we've stopped, and there's another Acura RDX. The team's taking a, a break for some uh, food, and, and I've noticed on the Acuras, you've got Rally, the main sponsor. You've got sub uh, secondary level sponsors, not secondary in their products, but other tiers of sponsorship. So on these cars, um, Andy, take me through what what these some of these sponsors are and what they mean to the team. You've got these. The signage is really nice on this car. The, the signage is in white, 
and there's Rally and its logo. And what else do we have on there? We have felt the bikes, of course, beautiful new bikes. Yeah. What else do we have? Well, we have uh, we have Bell helmets, of course, mm-hmm. uh, really amazing protective gear uh, mm-hmm. that we have faith in. We have, of course, uh, the felt bicycles that that everyone's riding. We have Kelly benefit strategies, which yes. is pretty prominent on the side of the car. Um, in that, John Kelly was actually the the original sponsor of the whole the mm-hmm. whole team. That's right. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So he's still on there and he's still a big, big factor in the team. Um, major supporter of the sport all over. Um, so that, that's really our, our main, our main stuff there. And of course, Acura, uh, we're very fortunate to have these cars again. I'm looking at this car in front of us. Um, and it's got a rack that I think maybe could take put six bikes, five bikes. Um, let you maneuver around here. <laughs> yep. What's up, bud? All right. Uh, we were talking about, uh, we were stopped for a moment, but we saw the other team car and it had some really nice bike racks on the top. And how does that all work out? Can you have five bikes and wheels? Do normally you carry wheels? Do you carry two frames? Or does it depend upon what's going on for the day? Um, yeah, you know, right now we're, we still have a lot of equipment trickling in. Yeah. So we do have a bike on top if something major happens, but yeah. really we... The guys are still fiddling with their bikes, and um, those are the bikes that they're they're going to be racing on right now. So uh, they want to dial them in. So we don't really need to have too much on the rack right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, do have spares in the car if there's a flat. But uh, yeah, we we usually have during the race we have everyone has a spare bike on the roof of the car. Yeah. So, uh, and everyone's spare bike is exactly or close to exactly how they would want it. Mm-hmm. So when they there's a mishap, then they switch over that. They can jump right on and feel comfortable. There's nothing, nothing major going to happen. They're not going to no. pull out their knee or something, you know. Right. So it's very similar, I think. I just thought of this, and I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier. It's very similar when you see a race car going to the pits. In a, in a manner of speaking. Yep. You guys take the tires off. They have their air jacks. Boom, boom, boom. It's it's ten seconds. So exactly. You don't want a guy to lose too much time. So when you come up to a guy, as appropriate, we're coming up to a guy now. He doesn't need any help, but. When you, when you have to service a, a guy um, or a woman, it's a pretty quick deal, and you got to kind of know what you're doing. You, They can't be on the car too long. You can drag them along. You don't want to get a penalty, but you want to help somebody. you got to get them back and push them along on their butt, see if the bike's okay, see if they've you know, got some road rash. So that's a whole other part of the whole equation that yep. where a team car really comes into play a lot. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really there to, you know, support in all ways yes. really you know and um i think a lot of people that don't know the ins and outs of the sport realize uh, how important to have that you know and you know it is a it's a major luxury <laughs> yeah you know it's it's uh it's so different from you know gravel cycling is really popular right now yes and you know you're self-supported out there you know road cycling is completely different professional road cycling where you know it's just part of the game you know you have it kind of equalizes the the race where you know everyone has that kind of support and you can get down to business and, and do tactics and, and get down to fast racing so yeah uh, yeah now with Acura going back to the team car just for a second you've got the team has been with Acura for a few years now I believe um, where will you where will these vehicles be uh, in the United States uh, in the racing season we, we talked a little bit about the team's increasing prominence in other countries but 
fans of cycling in the U.S. They're there to see the cyclists, but these cars will be in, a, in a, I'm sure, in some races in, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, like we were just talking about, hopefully uh, there's a there's a new uh, Baltimore race that's the, on the horizon. Yes. Uh, hopefully we'll have these Acuras at uh, on the East Coast in um, late August, early September. Yes. Um, they'll be showcased there. Um, the cars will be with the women's team at uh, a lot of domestic events. Yes. Redlands. Thank, Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. yeah. Redlands coming up. Uh, Tour of the Gila, all the all the usual races, uh, and of course nationals in June. Yes, we'll have uh, these Acuras there. So, and you know they'll they'll we'll be flying the colors, just driving around. The, we'll have a couple uh, Acuras uh, at our home base in Minneapolis. Uh huh. We have a service course in Golden, Colorado. Uh, a couple will be stationed there, and I think we'll have a couple out here on the West Coast as well. So, um, yeah, we'll have um, have these beautiful cars showcased all over. So. And just for the just for the record, Rally is uh, in, in Minnesota, but it's a, tell me about Rally, what, what you know about the, the company itself. Yeah, so Rally is a uh, it's part of United Healthcare Group. Yes, and Rally is really their online platform uh, to promote health and wellness. Yes, that's right. And um, really, it's it's a it's a place where individuals can go either if you are a. Uh, an insured person through United Healthcare or not, you mm-hmm. can go there and get uh, recommendations on uh, illnesses, how to treat them. You can get recommendations on doctors, uh, just a bunch of different tips on weight loss strategies or um, even even exercise programs. It's it's pretty amazing app and it's it's really catching on mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of people and it's. It's a really uh, neat place to go if, if you have a lot of questions about your health. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, here we are. Just to reiterate, we're we're kind of inland now on the on this nice uh, opening day of the rally cycling team training camp. I think there's uh, six guys, six gals, and we're we're just in the kind of the little mountains here. And it's been a nice to have a chat um, with uh, getting an insider's view of what what a training camp's like. We're in these nice Acura vehicles. We're going along with the cyclists. They're going a nice steady incline uh, now and um, it's really good to see opening day so to speak not racing but just to see as I guess you could use the analogy people f- stretching their legs for the first time for, yep. for four hours or so out here and it's it's been it's been great talking with Andy to get a good grasp of um, these the Acura cars and how important team cars are to a to a cycling team it's I'm sure it's some teams don't even have this luxury. Some lower level teams don't have any anything like this, and right. and it's it's a very important part of a, a team to have a good sponsor and a vehicle sponsors one of the one of the most important ones. So, thanks again for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, James. Thanks. Thanks for having me.